Hello everyone! Welcome to the Sumulong Baptist Church Podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us in worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ through listening to God's Word. Hello everyone, welcome to church. Thank you so much for worshiping with us today. We're excited that you're here. Hey, do me a favor, let me know in the comments below that you're watching with us. Uh, We have people watching from all over the world and uh, we're so glad that you're here with us and we're continuing in our series on Unshakable Hope. But before we get into the sermon today, I want to remind you that this afternoon we'll be launching our Class 101 membership class. Uh, Pastor Irwin will be teaching that and so there's an application form that you can sign up on, on our Facebook page and so we'd like you to do that. I know we have more than 10 people that are planning on being a part of that. So if you'd like to just know more about our church, or if you'd like to join our church, please join us for Class 101. Uh, we'd love to, to tell you more about SBC, okay? So today, I want to um, talk to you about, about prayer. But a lot of times we talk about prayer, but I want to talk about your prayers. That's what we're going to be focusing on today. You know, in order for you to be a person of influence, your name has to have clout it has to have authority. So I've got a picture here of a jar uh, that says Lance. This is not the picture of the one in our house, but we have a jar just like this in our house that says Lance. Melanie found it in an antique store. Now, why do I have this jar? Why is there a jar that says Lance? Is it just, is it just because it's my name? Well, I have always loved the Lance brand of cookies and crackers, okay? Uh, it's a multi-million dollar company in the States. They make all these little packages of crackers. You can see pictures of those um, that we've got there for you. But they have sweet and savory items. It's the perfect snack, okay? And for me, it doesn't hurt that the company is named Lance, okay? But if I went around telling people that this food company is named after me, well, first of all, that would just be a 100% lie because it's not, okay? Uh, and then I would be a lot more wealthy than I am right now if that was really true. So that's not true. Um, but I have the name, but I don't have the clout. You can see on those packages of crackers and cookies, every one of them says Lance, okay? But I don't have the clout of Lance Cookie Company. I'm just Lance Gocher. I'm not Lance, all capital letters, Food Empire King, okay? That's not who I am. The same cannot be said about you and me as Christians, though. If you have taken on the name of Christ, you have clout, you have authority with the most powerful being in the universe. This means that because of the relationship that we have with God through Christ, through the direction of the Holy Spirit, that when you speak, God listens. When you pray, heaven takes notice. Matthew 18 uh, says this, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Two, just two, that's all that the Lord mentions here. Two of my followers, even the smallest number that could be uh, an association, that could form an association, if they will agree, if they will be in complete accord, like the notes of a perfect strain of music. When we pray together and when we join together, when we agree together to accomplish something in Jesus' name, it helps us. One person might um, have some shortcomings and they're upheld by another person's strength. One man might be short-sighted, but another one has vision and they encourage the other to pray for that. One person might have little faith, but the other person has enough faith to pray about it. That's why two are better than one. 
And Jesus is trying to tell us that your prayers have impact on the actions of God. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? Do you believe that your prayers have an impact on God? Do you believe this? Do you need some proof? Well, let's go and look at Elijah in 1 Kings, and let's look at his life. He lived about 800 years before Christ, okay? All the 20 kings of the northern kingdom of Israel were evil, but Ahab was the most wicked of all. And we're going to be looking at Elijah and Ahab today, okay? At this time in the history of Israel, the leaders were corrupt and the hearts of the people were cold. But remember, and I've got a picture of a comet that I want to show you here. Remember, comets are most visible against a black sky. And I think we're going to see Elijah just coming to life here in this story. He's going to rise up against evil. He's going to rise up against sin. And he's going to shine so brightly. It's like a a comet in a black sky. And if you want to think of Elijah in that way. Elijah was a spiritual comet that appeared in Israel at this time. So the name Elijah means, my God is Jehovah. Elijah was true to his name. He gave King Ahab a weather report in 1 Kings 17 verse 1. Listen to this. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishba and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall neither be dew nor rain these years except by my word. Elijah's prayers were so powerful that he was able to control the rain. If he said it was going to rain, it rained. If he said it wasn't going to rain, it didn't rain. This is important because Ahab worshipped the false god Baal. And Elijah's attack was calculated against Baal. Baal was said to be the fertility god, bringing rain and good harvest to the people. So what Elijah was doing was he he was calling for a showdown between God and Baal. He was, call, he was calling a showdown between the true God of this universe and the false God that Ahab was promoting in Israel. Why was Elijah so confident about the drought that was coming? Why could he stand before Ahab and everyone else in Israel and say with confidence that it was going to rain or it wasn't going to rain? It's because he had prayed. It's because that he prayed. Oh, that we would have that kind of confidence as Christians. That we really believed that God hears our prayers. That when we pray, we believe that God heard what we prayed. James would use Elijah as the model nearly nine centuries later in James 5 of what prayer should be. In James 5, verses 16 through 18, it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again. I think that's really important there. Then he prayed again. He prayed, and he kept on praying, and the the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Why would James use Elijah as an example from all the characters in the Old Testament? I believe it's because a prayer of such power came from a person so common. He was a person just like you and me. Actually, there's nothing really extraordinary about him except that he believed in the power of prayer. Elijah prayed earnestly, not eloquently. Sometimes I think we have this idea that, oh, I have to pray all these fancy words, or I have to pray this certain way, or I'm not that eloquent when I, when I speak. 
You don't have to be eloquent. You just have to be earnest. You have to be sincere about your prayers. This world needs radical prayer right now for all that we're going through, through all the problems and all the trials and everything that we're facing. We need radical prayer right now. We don't need a religious set of words. If you're depending on a religious set of words to save you or help you, that's not what God is looking for. There's not a set number of prayers or a set kind of prayers that you can say that will earn you favor with God. There's only one way to gain access to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Christ by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't done that, you can do that today. But we need to make sure that we are praying radical prayers. Our missionaries need radical prayers right now for them to know what's right to do and to meet for God to meet their needs. We need to do that. Elijah's prayer was not a comfortable prayer in first, uh, first Kings 17. It was a radical one. Basically, Elijah, Elijah was saying, do whatever it takes, Lord, even if it means no water. Water is pretty important for life, isn't it? We need water to live. And what Elijah was praying to God was, God, get people's attention. Do it in such a radical way, Lord, withhold water from us. Water is necessary, but Elijah was more concerned with the spiritual than the physical. Are we willing to pray radical prayers? Are you willing to pray those kinds of prayers in your life? This world needs this. This country needs this. Your family needs that. Our church needs that. We need to be those kinds of people. So I want to jump to 1 Kings 18, though, and I want to look at one of the most incredible stories in the Bible. I want us to look at this incredible display of prayer and of power because of prayer. So in 1 Kings 18, I want to start reading here. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you, you troubler of Israel? So Elijah answers right back to him. And he has answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have and your father's house because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel and the 400, 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together out at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And this shows the state of what Israel was in these next few words. And the people did not answer him a word. They didn't know who to follow. They didn't know what to do, to follow God or to follow Baal. They were so confused. They didn't know what the right answer was, or they didn't have the courage to speak the truth, maybe in front of King Ahab, or maybe in front of these prophets of Baal or prophets of Asherah. But Elijah shows up, and this battle is going to go down. It's like a battle royale between the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah and Elijah. And Elijah shows up and he has this question for the Israelites. As they stand face to face each other, to each other, how long will you waver between two opinions? 
If God is God, follow him. If Baal is Baal, follow him. The people said nothing. This word limping that's used in the SV, uh, it's really translated dancing in, a, in other translations. And he said, how long are you going to do this dance? Are you going to dance with Baal for a while and then dance with God? Are you going to go between two opinions? Are you going to go back and forth between that? How long will this continue? So in the next few verses, one of the greatest battles takes place in the Bible. And I'm just going to give a synopsis of it instead of reading all of these verses. But Elijah gives the challenge to the prophets of Baal. You take a bull, you build an altar, you ask your God to send fire. I'll take a bull, I'll build an altar, I'll ask my God to send fire. We're going to have a battle. And the God who answers by fire is the true God. So it's going to be dramatic, right? There's all these people around. There's not only the prophets uh, of Baal and the prophet of God, but there's all the people watching. And and the, what's going to happen is a display of fire is going to come down. And the prophets of Baal agree and go first. So jump with me to 1 Kings 18, verse 26. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it, and they called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon. So several hours they're doing this saying, and listen very carefully what they say, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar. They danced around. They were kind of acting crazy as they went around this altar that they had made. They even cut themselves, as was their custom. In verse 27, And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god, little g, there. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself or he is on a journey, he's on vacation, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. You know, Elijah was not a great diplomat, right? He just taunts them to their face. He taunted those false prophets and told them to shout louder to their God. Maybe he was hard of hearing. Maybe he just couldn't hear them. He told them maybe he is in a deep thought or asleep or traveling on a vacation They danced around, they cut themselves, they raved all day, and nothing happened. Can I just say this? That's what happens when we go to false gods. When you try to put your faith in something that isn't real, nothing happens. So then Elijah asked for his turn. And he poured four jugs of water on the altar. Now wait a second. He said, the true God would answer by fire, so water puts out fire, right? And he does this three different times. He does this three different times. And I want you to go with me to 1 Kings 18, verse 36. Elijah prays a simple prayer, not eloquent, not all these flowery words. Look at verse 36. And at the time of the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me. So that same prayer that the prophets of Baal tried to pray to Baal, the false God who wasn't even real, who could not hear them, Elijah prays this simple prayer to the God of the universe. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know you, know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. God answers quickly, and look in verse 38. Elijah didn't ask for fire. He didn't even pray for fire, but that's what he got. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. What they couldn't answer before, what they could not say before, when they saw that power on on display of God through the prophet, when they saw that, they cried out, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. It was so obvious, it was so evident. And why? Because the man of God prayed. The man of God prayed to his God who does hear our prayers and does answer our prayers. They could answer, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. See, I think something very powerful happens when we pray and God answers our prayers. Other people will give glory to God. You and I should give glory to God because of that. But other people will see that and they will glorify God. So how does God respond to our prayers? That's what I want to talk to you about today. How does God respond to our prayers? First of all, number one, God delights in hearing our prayers. He loved hearing Elijah's prayer. How do we know? Because God responded so quickly. I mean, Elijah prayed, answer me, God, answer me, hear me and answer me. And immediately God answers. We know that God delights in hearing our prayers. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says this, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. God will answer you. Have you seen God answer prayer in your life? Have you experienced that? And I know the answer is yes. I know that you've experienced that. I've experienced that this week. I've been praying with people about certain situations and God has answered in in, in such an amazing way. And I can't go into the details of that, uh, but it's amazing when you pray and, and God answers in a great way. God answers our big prayers, our small prayers. God delights in hearing our prayers because God loves to communicate with us. He wants you to go to him in prayer. But look at number two with me today. Your prayers matter to God because you matter to God. You matter to God. Remember what we studied last week? You are an heir of God. Of course, your prayers would matter to your heavenly father. When God saved you, he enlisted you into his army, into the family business, if we can make that analogy. At salvation, he gave you forgiveness from your past, authority in the present, and a role in the future. I hope you know the Lord in a personal way. I hope you know him as your personal savior. See, he wants to save you from your sins. He wants to save you from all those sins that you've committed in the past. He wants to give you power right now, but he's got plans for you for the future. And we'll talk about that more in just a little bit. But look with me at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Isn't that what Elijah did? Isn't that exactly what Elijah did? Just a common man, just like you and me, a common person, nothing special about Elijah, nothing extraordinary about him, but he went to the throne of God with confidence. And you and I have direct access to the throne of God through Jesus Christ. 
He sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Look again at verse 16. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God hears those prayers that you're praying as quickly as they're offered because he's not too busy to listen. He's not asleep. He's not away on vacation. He is always available because he is the omniscient God of this universe. He wants to hear your prayer. And why is that true? Because the prayer is coming from his child. You are a child of God. You have access to your heavenly father. Look at 1 John 5.14. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We are constantly plagued by doubts and worry, wondering if God will hear and answer our prayers. But God listens to our prayers. He answers our prayers. I've shared this story before, but several years ago, uh, about when uh, Sydney was about 16, we started talking about what we could do for our man and children at Christmas time. And I set a challenge out to Sydney. We have a lot of feeding centers. We have a lot of kids and would take a lot of funds. And actually, the amount we were trying to raise that year was about 250,000 pesos uh, to buy gifts for all of those children and food packs for all of their families. And I threw the challenge to Sydney. I said, Sydney, I want you to do this project with me and let's try to raise this money. And she said, but dad, how? She says, I'm only 16. How can I do that? How can that happen? I said, let's pray. Let's just pray. And you know what? We raised all those funds. It was a great faith-building time for my young daughter for her to realize that God hears and answers her prayers. Even as a young child, it doesn't matter your age. If you know Christ, you can go to our Heavenly Father and He hears and answers our prayers. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. This is what I worry about, though, sometimes as your pastor and sometimes for us as Christians. Do we go to God with confidence? Or are we embarrassed by our request? Do we have confidence? Your prayers matter to God. Because you matter to God. Pray something radical during this COVID-19 quarantine. Pray that God would do something amazing and radical in your family. Pray that he would use you to, use, to reach your friends and your relatives with the gospel. Ask him to do something amazing. He's waiting for you to communicate with him. But what does God think of our prayer? Why is God interested in our prayers? Look at number three. Because God is waiting to answer our prayers. God is waiting to answer our prayers. Will God do what you ask? I, I don't know. I don't know what you're asking. I don't know if it's according to his will. I don't know if it brings glory and honor to God. But is it according to his will? Look at James 4, verses 2 and 3. It says, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrong, wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Sometimes we do ask for things that maybe aren't according to God's will, so we need to check ourselves and say, is what I'm asking for according to God's will? Will this bring glory to God? Will this bring greater glory to God? But maybe God is waiting to do more than even what you're asking. He is the God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And maybe God will say, wait, not now. We see in the story with Elijah that God answered immediately, but some of you have been praying prayers for years. 
You've been praying those prayers for years and you're wondering, is God going to answer me? Just wait. He will always answer you with what is best for you. I promise you that because we have a loving Heavenly Father that wants the very best for us. Look at Psalm 66, verses 17 through 20. It says, I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had, a, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened, listened. But truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Wow, that's a powerful passage, isn't it? I think a couple of things I want to say about this. We need to glorify God. We talked about that with Acts a few weeks ago. We need to give adoration to God. But we need to confess any sin in our lives also. We need to make sure to get rid of sin. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer. Isn't that an incredible thought today? That God doesn't reject our prayers. When we go to him in faith, when we go to him out of a pure heart, he is always there ready to listen. He is always listening. And, and listen to this quote from Max Lucado. You are never without hope because you are never without prayer. Let me read that again. You are never without hope because you are never without prayer. We have unshakable hope because we have the confidence that we can always pray. Have you, have you prayed about it? You might ask, prayed about what? Anything. Everything in your life. Have you gone to God in prayer? Or are you worrying about it? Are you struggling? And, and you're just trying to fix it on your own. But have you gone to God in prayer? Again, look back at Psalm 66. Truly, God has listened. He is listening. But sometimes as Christians, we get lazy or tired or we get frustrated and we just don't pray. We just don't go to God in prayer. We need to do this. You are never without hope because you are never without prayer. Somebody type amen in the comments right now. If you believe that, if you needed to be reminded about that unshakable hope that we have in the Lord, say amen, type that. We are never without hope, amen. We always have hope because we can always go to our Heavenly Father. But look with me at point number four. And this is something that I'm not sure that we always think about this as an aspect of prayer. But we need to be praying for our needs, and, and we do that right. We pray for our physical needs. But we need to be praying for opportunities and more opportunities to serve the Lord. So look at number four with me. Prayer is important to God because God is preparing you for eternity. Hey, what you're doing right now in this life is kind of like on-the-job training. It's kind of like this training for what will happen in the future. God wants to stay in communication with us because he has marching orders for us. He has things that he wants you to do in service for him. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we endure, we will reign with the Lord. One day we're going to reign with the Lord. Look at me at Revelation chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. I love these verses, and it says, Between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints." Do you know how much your prayers matter to God? They're being held in heaven right now. 
That's incredible, isn't it? I'm nobody. Who am I? I'm nobody important. I'm nobody special. But the God of this universe holds my prayers. That's how important our communication is with God. That's how important our worship is for God. He holds those in heaven. And it says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open the seals for you were slain. And by your blood, uh, you ransomed people from God, for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests who are God and they shall reign on the earth. Don't just pray for things that you need. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Because one day we are going to rule and reign as kings and princes in this world. That's going to happen in the millennium and we will be given jobs and you are going to rule, but that's based on what you do here. So instead of only going to God and asking him, God, I need this, I need this, could you give me this? Ask God, God, what can I do for you? How can I join you in your great work of spreading the gospel around the world? You know, ruling the universe is our family business because that's what God does and we are his children. And when you as a child of Christ, you seek to honor God and to glorify God in what you do, God hears your requests. We need to be going to our heavenly father, our commanding general, to find out what he wants us to do. So here's some things you could pray. God, grant me deeper faith so I can serve you better. God, grant me this promotion or this job so I can honor you more. God, show me uh, where you, can, where you uh, want me to move or to live so I can best bring glory to you. Maybe God wants you to move to a certain place because there's a neighbor there that you need to share the gospel with. Maybe you're single right now and you, you're looking for that special someone in your life. You maybe need to pray this, God, give me a spouse so I can better serve you. See, everything we do in our life should be to glorify God, amen? No greater joy than serving God with your spouse and serving God with your family, and there's no greater joy than serving God, amen? That should be the goal of our lives, to bring honor and glory to Him. You know, there's so many things that we face in life, and and there's so many things that we're going through right now that have been a struggle, Uh, they've been difficult. I want to tell you a story about uh, a, a pastor in Russia Um, back during communist times of Russia. Dmitry and his family lived in a Russian village four hours from Moscow. For 80 years in the the 20th century, Christians in Russia experienced systematic persecution. In school, teachers would hold up a Bible. They would hold up Bibles in classrooms in Russia, and they, they would ask children, little children, hey, have you seen a book like this in your house? And if... A child said, yes, authorities would show up at that house and Christians were taken away and never seen again. They were killed for their faith. This happened all over Russia at this time. Dmitri lived out his faith in this kind of environment. The nearest church to their village was a three-day walk for them. So he began teaching the Bible in his home. Soon 25 people were gathering and the police told him to stop. But they reached 50 people. And, and they, those people started coming and Dimitri and his wife lost their jobs and their children were kicked out of school because of their stand for the Lord. Their house, grew, their house church grew to 75 people and soldiers came to a meeting one day and they stopped him from preaching and they slapped Dimitri across the face and an old woman in the congregation, she came up to the soldier that was slapping Dimitri and said, you better be careful You're hurting the man of God. And just a few days later, that man died of a heart attack. That soldier died of a heart attack. 
The fear of God began to spread in that village, and soon 150 people were meeting as Dimitri faithfully preached the word of God. Dimitri was arrested at that point, and he would spend, he was given a sentence of 17 years in prison. His jail cell was tiny, and he was the only Christian out of 1,500 prisoners in this jail. The prisoners mocked him for his faith, and the officials tortured him, but he never broke. Every morning, Dimitri would get up, and he would sing the same song of praise for 17 years. He would get up in that tiny cell, and he would sing praise to his God first, and the, the prisoners mocked him. They mocked him for this. He would write down Bible verses on, on scrap pieces of paper that might go by his jail cell, and the, the, the uh, officials would find that, and they would destroy those pieces of the Bible that he would just try to write out. At one point, he thought about giving in and maybe recanting his faith because they told him that his wife had died. She had been tortured and she died. And they told him, you need to recant your faith. But at that point, what Dimitri didn't realize, actually at that point in time, his wife and his children were still alive. And at that moment, when he was ready to just give in, his family was praying for him. They were over a thousand kilometers away. And those Christians in his village, they were praying for strength for him. And he gained that strength in that moment. And he said, no, I won't. I won't recant my faith. I won't turn my back on the Lord. And he got so much boldness. And that was it for the officials. They took him out to execute him. But after 17 years of singing that same song, as they took him out to execute him, the other prisoners in that jail, they began to sing that song of praise that Dimitri sang every morning. And the, the, the authorities, they were confused. And they were mad and they were angry. And they looked at Dimitri and they said, who are you? And this was his reply. I am a son of the living God and Jesus is his name. That's who I serve. And I will not renounce him. I will not deny him. You know what the authorities did? They just took him back to his jail cell. And after a short time, he was released and returned to his family. Prayer is powerful, amen? Prayer changes things. And how can I have authority to go to God? How can you have authority to go to God? Because Jesus is our Savior. I'm a part of the family of God. You're a part of the family of God if you know Him as your personal Savior. And we don't have to worry and we don't have to be afraid. You may not find yourself in a Russian prison, but maybe you've got a prison of your own. And maybe this quarantine has felt like a prison to you. And maybe you're wondering, how is God going to deliver you? Maybe for some of you, you've been praying for a spouse or for a child for 17 years. And you're wondering, can I keep going? Can I, can I pray? Can I keep praying? Prayer shouldn't be the last resort for the Christian. It is the first step in their journey to victory and to joy and to freedom and to deliverance and to whatever else you are in need of. See, that's the amazing thing about God. I don't have to know your needs. 
I don't have to know what you're facing. My God is big enough and strong enough and powerful enough to answer anything that you have need of in your life. This is why we need to go to God. God has power you've never seen. God has strength. God has strength you've never known. And I know a lot of us are tired right now. I know a lot of us are struggling and we're wondering, when is this all going to be over? It's not fair. It's not fair that we, what's happening right now? Decisions that are being made that are out of your control. I know, and I'm, going, I'm living through the same thing right now. God has strength. You've never known. And maybe he's allowing us all to go through this right now so we'll know his strength in a greater way. I know it's hard. I know it is. But God delights in you and he hears and answers your prayers. Draw on his strength and pray today. Go to him in prayer. Are you tired of praying? Are you lacking the faith to pray? Hold on a little bit longer. Step out in faith like never before. Be ready to grow and see God do things you never even imagined were possible. Pray for these things. Let me give you some things to pray for. In your life, pray for growth. Pray that God would grow you through the quarantine time that we're living through right now. In your family, pray for opportunities to reach out. Pray for protection from the enemy. And pray that God would allow your family to be a lighthouse in your community and to others around you. Pray for our church. Pray for unity as we've been separated now for a long time. We haven't been able to meet face to face. You know Satan is happy with that. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We need unity. Pray that we'd be able to grow. Pray that we'd be able to reach out into new ways. God is opening up those doors. We need to be ready to go through them. And pray for this nation. We need transformation in this nation. And I'm not talking about political things. I'm talking about spiritual transformation. Don't you think God is an expert at working through disasters and pandemics? Just like he worked through Elijah. Think about Elijah for just a moment. He faced all the prophets of Baal. The king of Israel was against him. But he prayed earnestly. And God answered from heaven. And he won the battle. You know, COVID-19 has changed us, hasn't it? Let's let God change us more. And mold us into the image of Christ every day. I just want to end with one verse today. These three words just kind of sum up what I'm talking about, right? These words sum up how we need to conduct ourselves and all of these things that I've been talking about today. Pray without ceasing. Don't give up praying. Your prayers are powerful because you're a son or daughter of the king. And God is waiting to talk to you. He's waiting to hear those requests. He wants you to join him in his great work of spreading the gospel around the world, would you join him? Would you do something amazing, radical, crazy for the Lord that you've never done before? Would you be willing to do that? Type that in the comments below. Hey, I'm willing to do something amazing for the Lord. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help spread the gospel around the world. I'll serve my God and my King. I'll do that. Hey, would you bow your head and close your eyes with me for just a, a few moments? I don't know what you're struggling with and I don't know what you're facing right now. But God is waiting to listen to you. Have you prayed about it? 
Have you gone to your heavenly Father who loves you so much and sees exactly what you've been going through and what you are going through right now? But here's the thing. He has so many awesome, amazing, great things waiting for you. You just need to trust Him. You need to put your faith in Him. Maybe you're listening to me today and you don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know that your sins have been forgiven? Do you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior? If you died today, do you know where you would spend eternity? You can receive Jesus Christ today. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And maybe God has used this pandemic and this quarantine and all the things we've been going through the last few weeks to get your attention. And maybe you're like the people there that stood before Elijah and they didn't know what to answer. When he said, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve Baal or are you going to serve God? And maybe that's you. Maybe you don't know the answer. Can I tell you what the answer is? Jesus is the answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you can go to the Father through him by receiving him today. If that's you right now, can I invite you to pray this simple prayer? Again, you don't have to pray these flowery words or anything. It's just kneeling before God in faith and humility. And you can pray something like this. You can repeat this after me. Just mean it with all of your heart. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry, Lord, for all my sins. I ask you to come into my life. I want you to be my Savior. Please save me today. Please give me eternal life. In Jesus' name. And Christians, I want to pray for all of us today. Lord, we bow before you and we want to say we're sorry, Lord, that so often prayer is a last resort for us. But Lord, we know from stories like we read today and heard today that prayer is powerful. Thank you, Lord, for extending that power to us through the Holy Spirit that indwells us, Lord, that resurrection power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in our lives because of you, Lord. Forgive us when we just haven't gone to you. We've tried to fix things or solve things on our own. So, Lord, we humbly bow before you right now. We cry out to you. And, Lord, we do have needs, but, Lord, we don't want to just come to you with our needs. But I know there are people that are listening to this that they have something very difficult that they're going through right now. Lord, fight for them. Be their shield. Be their defense right now. But Lord, we come to you as your servants, as soldiers in your army. And we ask you, Lord, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? How do you want us to serve you? Lord, we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. And so we willingly surrender and submit ourselves to you. Lord, so prepare us for those, those future things that you have for us. But Lord, in this life, help us to serve you more passionately and more faithfully. Help us remember that you never sleep. You never slumber. You're never on vacation. You're always waiting to hear our prayers. And Lord, we know that we have hope because we can go to you in prayer. Thank you for reminding us about that today. And Lord, as, as we're all praying that are listening to this, Lord, I pray that you would bless each one of us individually. I pray that you'd bless our families. I pray that you'd bless our church. I pray that you'd bless this nation. Help us to follow you with true and pure hearts. Turn this nation's heart to you. We pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
Hey, do me a favor today. If you prayed that prayer of salvation for the first time with me, would you just type yes in the comments below? Also, if you've got a prayer request, you can message us personally on inbox if you'd like to do that. Or if you'd like to put a prayer request down that everybody could pray for, uh, just share that. You know, we need to pray for each other as church members and we need to do that. So I want to ask you to do that. Also, could I ask you to share this service, uh, with your friends and family? Share it on your Facebook wall. Maybe somebody that you know will hear the gospel and be saved today because of that. So you can just click share at the bottom. Don't forget our class 101 will be launched today and we hope you can join us for that. And don't forget we've got our daily devotionals, our daily verses, um, music playlists that we're putting on each week. Uh, We want to stay connected to you as much as possible. Just remember this, we are praying for you. Uh, We love you guys. We miss you guys. We don't know when we're going to have church yet. We still don't know the answer to that. But if there's anything that we can do for you to help you or pray for you about, please let us know. Call the church office. uh, Message us here on Facebook. Uh, We would love to hear from you. God bless you guys. I love you, and I will see you soon. Thanks for joining us in this week's podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. God bless.